0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad.
2: Four hours of trauma.
0: (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: And it's time for more Mackey and Judd FC. Here are Philip Mackey and Judson Zolgad.
0: Put your flags up in the sky.
1: We got the Crafty Rogues, John Cosgrove, Stephen Quinn from the Crafty Rogues podcast, which you can find on 1500ESPN.com or anywhere you would find your podcast. And we've uh, we've been bouncing back and forth between the U.S. Open, which everyone is like several several shots over par, and this Russian, is it Saudi Arabia and Russia? is Our is new is friends, our new allies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I notice it's funny, so Russia's up one to nothing at last check here. It's halftime right Too now. New. Uh, is it odd that the Russian goals that they're kicking is a 2-0 now, yeah, that their is. goals are like five times the size of their opponent's
4: goals? It's not strange, and okay. it's not strange that they are also put in the weakest group. It's not strange, given they are the weakest team ever to host the World Cup, which never happens. Whatever paranoid, crazy uh, thoughts yeah. that you have about conspiracies, they're all true. Yeah, well they have to well
2: done, Phil. Just roll the grenade on the table, <laughs> and, then, and then duck.
5: It's not hard with John. <laughs> oh, no.
2: No, that, that was easy. I watched
4: a documentary on
1: Netflix a few weeks ago about how th- this elaborate doping system for cycling and Olympians, I mean, these guys are all hopped up on PEDs, right? Steroids, no, right? These no, Russian no. soccer for- players?
4: No, they're... You're lashing out now. Yeah, that's... A that's, little bit. <laughs> that's nothing to do with anything. Uh, the only advantage of it being in Russia is for the Euro- a lot of the European teams, particularly England, who actually think they have a 4% chance of winning... Uh, its average temp is 70 degrees or less. So a lot of these European teams that have struggled in the past, playing even in the U.S. in 94 and in South America and South Africa, are dealing with heat. They
5: won't have that problem at this World Cup. That's good. That's good. Which, is good which could be nice, but we'll see. I've got lots of dumb World Cup questions, and I'm going to start with this one. England. Mm-hmm. How on earth do they not win this thing occasionally? Six, 1966, is that correct, last time? And that yeah. was, Only
4: time it was given to them in 1966
5: handed to them on a plate but how does a but how does a country that prides itself in this sport not yeah. not win it I, i'm not saying they have to here's win it all the here's what they need to
4: do here's what england needs to do yeah. they need to do what the united states have done they need to create four sports that no one else in the world is interested in playing and stop creating sports that everybody's interested in because then the rest of the world takes them up england have also okay. initiated cricket and rugby tell them about cricket and rugby quino we don't how are long england enough. How long how long are
2: how good are England at cricket and rugby? Well, no, I'm not gonna get involved in that because Australia is not doing fantastically in either at the moment, so I'll just keep my mouth shut. But Australia is in the World Cup. They
1: are. Yeah. And I mean Iceland's in the World Cup. This is how embarrassing it is for US soccer fans right now.
4: No, Iceland? But because Iceland are playing in a in a different confederation. So this is than like the United the, States. this is but like, it's still embarrassing for the United it States. It
1: is. It's like the NCAA I've come to find here, it's like the NCAA college basketball tournament. Where, what, 20 to 30 of the 64 teams are going to come from smaller conferences. It's not that you're taking the best 64 teams. Correct. You're not, like, Italy is better than, than, I don't know, Senegal or something, right? Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah, but it's not, as you said when you set it up, it's not necessarily the best 32 teams. It's 32 teams from all confederations, representing the confederations from all around the world. And it's the same with the officials, same with the refereeing. One of the bugbears I have about the World Cup is sometimes the refereeing's a little dodgy because it's not the best group of referees in the world. It's referees from every confederation around the world. So the, the interpretations and the standards are sometimes... We're gonna have some dodgy,
1: a,
4: dodgy referees.
2: Especially at this in, the, in, the, in, the, in this Russian
1: game right now. By the way, a good strategy by the Saudi Arabian team: if you just wear all green, it's harder for your opponent to spot you on the pitch. Right? It's working. Rather well, sort of lay
2: down in the darker shades of the pitch. Well, it didn't work for Ireland. Oh, <laughs> there you go, Quinlan. Wow. Very good, Quinlan. Take the knife in, Wow! Yes. Uh, and it's not
4: working
5: for Saudis because they're 2-0 down. So, so what's the deal with this Spain thing? So the Spain, uh-huh. the. the coach of the, of Spain's team hmm. takes the Real Madrid job. Real. Does, Real. Real Madrid job, Real. I'm sorry. Doesn't keep the federation in the loop on this. Here's why. And 24 hours before this tournament yeah. starts, they fight. What the... Well, Lord? here's
4: There's two things, and Quino can speak to this as well. Real Madrid, rightly or wrongly believe, they are the biggest club in the world. They're bigger than the
2: country they're in. They're bigger than Spain, and if they decide they want that coach, they're going to get him. Okay. Well, I think that the guy that's now running the Spanish Football Association, and I don't know the correct terminology for it, I get the impression he wants to make an impression that he's not going to be shown up by an employee. And he's just decided, I, I think from what I can read and what I have read, sorry, the players, the Spanish players have gone, don't sack him, it's the World Cup, you know, be, be mad at him, but let us get through the World Cup. And he's gone, nah. and then no. And if we don't win, then it's here.
1: an easy excuse to fire him anyways, right? What do you mean? Like, if they were to wait, if they were oh, to I see have waited, what you mean. yeah.
2: If they kept him on, then they, they didn't. If win they
1: yet. win, then okay, I guess they have to make a decision. But if they don't win, then they can say, well, you you did this, strike one, and you didn't win, strike two, you're yeah, fired but, anyway. But it doesn't matter because he's he's already taken the right. Real Madrid. Job. I'm saying what they should have done. I guess couldn't they? Like, isn't it? Are they going to rise up because controversy? And band together or is well, this going to derail
4: Spain? Well, apparently, the, the Spanish, like a lot of these European teams, are very temperamental. Uh, when it comes, because there's a lot of really good individuals on the team. Like there is in the Belgian team right now and the Croatian team. They're a couple of the other underdogs for the World Cup. This Spanish team is a very, very, very good team. And I would suggest that Mackie and Judd could go and coach them and they would still get to the quarterfinals. But But it's going to be that little bit extra.
2: You guys will be pleased to know that one of the players for Spain, a defender called Gerard Piquet, who is married to Shakira, the singer. Like, hips don't lie,
4: Shakira. Has cited
2: the Michigan basketball team. That's what it was. Yeah. I saw that tweet. Yes. 89. When Steve Fisher took over? Yes. He said, it can be done.
5: I I would just think that you would probably, it would make more common sense to pull this guy aside who took the job and say, we don't really appreciate that and I don't like you for it, but it's it's the World Cup.
2: They're Spanish. They like a little bit of drama. Well, I reckon there may have been three or four options about ways to deal with this, and he's taken the worst one. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's
4: because he's he wants like Quino said, he wants to make an impression and his ego's on. Think of those coaches of of NBA basketball teams where they, you know, they're dealing with these big name players and sometimes they make they make stupid decisions, like the Twitter boy uh with getting his wife to do all the tweeting. Calangio, these yeah.
2: coaches, they get a little their ego gets a little bruised and, and things happen. Twitter Boy sounds like a millennial superhero, doesn't <laughs> it? Yes, <it's>
0: Twitter, <laughs> a, Twitter boy Yeah, when's the
2: next Avengers movie coming out? I have 140 hundred <laughs> forty characters to save you.
0: <laughs> I
1: will tweet passive aggressive things to all my friends. I will kill you with my hashtag. I've been hacked. Uh, crafty rogues hanging out with us. Okay, as we sit here and lament the fact that the U.S. aren't a part of this world. Cup You're for lamenting the first time, it. You're lamenting. Yeah, well, I'm fine with it. You guys don't care, obviously. Um, Judd kind of cares. I care probably more than Judd. It's does.
4: fun to go to Brits pub when the US are playing for some reason the US fans, the Colombian fans and if you're if you're wise and smart and you enjoy beautiful scenery, go to the Columbia games at Brit's pub on the lawn. It's also, highly recommended. You
1: it. know I stumbled into one of those like oh, it is four fantastic. years ago I was like, what is happening tonight? Oh this is a Colombian soccer And there marker? was a monsoon
4: storm that came through and everybody got drenched wet and then <laughs> you're back out to watch the game again it was glorious. I was there that day
5: glorious but but the the important thing with your sport gents is this if your team's playing you guys don't talk L- yep. like like if we go watch a Vikings game people still talk they're they're intently watching but they're carrying on conversations I went to the England game at Brit's last World Cup I believe and nobody talked nobody said anything Anything. Nobody looked away from the screen. It was like, this isn't a social event. Stoicism. Yeah. And they were they are so into the game that there is if people think I'm gonna go to Britain and have a pint and England's gonna be playing and I'm gonna have a good conversation with no, you're not.
2: Well you're not going for a conversation, but there will be random outbursts of vitriol from
5: time (laughs) to time. Right, exactly.
4: And you might get beat up. And it's gonna happen when Jesse Lingard comes on the field. He's the number seven for England. A coveted number in the England squad. Think of David Beckham, he was a famous number seven. Tom Finney way back in the day Tom two, Finney? Yeah Tom Finney he was a number 7 Brian Robson So this, this joker Jesse Lingard Who is the bane of the England team Him and Raheem Sterling He comes on and they're just going to drop their heads There's going to be no words And
2: then he's going to pop up and score the winner against Tunisia Isn't he Quino? Well that's the scenario you have just expanded And a friend of ours head will explode when that happens Hello John from Johnsonville <laughs> Jesse Lingard's a good player he gets a bad rap but it's fun. It's fun to poke fun at. No,
4: we of course we discuss all this every week on the Crafty Rogues, the best podcast on soccer in the Twin Cities. Uh, we would also like to announce that Minnesota United head coach Adrian Heath is coming on the show July twentieth for a live event. So we're going to talk to him like there's not going to be no scripting and nice softball questions. He's going to sit down. He's going to explain what he did at Burnley, what he did at Everton, what he did at Man City up front with Niall Quinn, and maybe a couple of questions on Minnesota. United. Look at the radio slash podcasting
1: professional you have become. You go, you, you're a perfect segue into promotional content. I'm right working there. with a guy who with is in radio. Right
4: 35 years in Australia, and I know Australia doesn't count in a lot of ways, but oh, maybe it I counts am in am broadcasting. Am <laughs> am
1: what is Australian radio like? What was, Very good. For people who don't know much about you, Quino, what uh, What was your your background, and what if, if we were to take well, no, a journey no, no, to Australia, no. what kind of radio no, would let's we Let's not
2: talk about me, but Australian radio is good, and I came up through Australian FM radio in the 80s, and it was a big deal, and in fact... Um, countries used to send representatives to Australia to see how FM radio was done then. This wasn't sports talk radio, it was music radio, but it was a lovely mix of music and comedy and personality. Uh, it's somewhat... It's like the Maggie and Judge show, quite d- frankly. Very me. much yeah, so. Yeah. It's somewhat devolved since then, but Australian radio is pretty good by and large.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to know more about the shame that we should feel as U.S. soccer fans from two guys who don't have the emotional attachment that a lot of the devastated fans on our side of the fence do. What is the level of embarrassment now that the World Cup is here? What's the level of setback? And is there at any point in our lifetimes a chance that the U.S. could get good enough to compete at the top levels of the world powers. Yes, and I think that the way you yes to be, all of those things. No shame, yes. embarrassment, and
2: well, I think the, the shame the- and embarrassment has been done to death. I think you have sure. to look at it now as a clean slate. This is you know, let's get all the cliches in there. This is a new dawn. There is an opportunity to clean house, get a new regime, in. there is a lovely crop of young talent from the ages like seventeen to twenty-two. I don't think you've ever had this much young talent. And because of the setback, it's now the time to give them their opportunity because it clearly didn't work with the seasoned mm. old pros. Give the kids a chance. What have you got to lose?
4: And I think it's been tampered a little bit this week with the announcement of the U.S. primarily hosting the World Cup with a little help from our enemies in Canada and our other enemies in Mexico. And by 2026, we'll probably own those two countries. Travel's going
1: to be difficult in 2026 if we have all, all kinds of walls built up around the, uh, well, the I, edges. I, I we'll read see. something
4: about that today. But, you know, it just proves once again that pain is temporary when it comes to football real angst and despair is permanent but those temporary little shame things that you're talking about coming as an Irish Catholic as I do I'm very familiar with those terms but you get over it and you move on to the next one the US has been tempered a little bit with the announcement that they're going to get the World Cup like Quino said uh, they have those young players that we can get excited about and for
2: all intents and purposes, the MLS keeps going even during the World Cup. But what it also does, getting the World Cup in 2026, I know it's a long way off, but it's a wonderful light at the end of the tunnel for these young kids coming through, that, the, if, through the US soccer program, yep. that there's the Holy Grail. There's the brass ring, the World Cup on home soil in eight years' time. Yeah, you got a 19-year-old. That's something year old. to aim for. Yeah, you
4: got a nineteen-year-old. He'll be at
2: the peak of his game when he's twenty-seven. It's also something to build toward. I mean, there is a finite goal with the development of the team,
4: and they know they're going to be there. They they will qualify well, they have for to that be one. There, yeah. <laughs> so
5: so so what's the pitch to watch this one? So if if I ask you you guys, with our country not in it, what's the pitch? My what's countries
4: your, aren't in it. What, what's well, your
5: sales? But but what's the sales pitch of passionate soccer fan to me? potentially
2: casual fan, about it's worth watching? Well, I'll give you one. There there, there may be many, and John may go on a different tangent. But we still have the opportunity to watch the two best players of the last two generations playing. Ronaldo and Messi are still somewhat at the peak of their powers. You have emerging young talent like Hazard and De Bruyne coming through, Neymar from Brazil. We will never get to see Ronaldo and Messi on the grand stage again when they are still probably the two best players in the world. They have been, as much as we can think either of them are knobs or geniuses, they have been a joy to watch and this is a golden opportunity. And they know that
4: too and they're going to be... Argentina, the team that Messi's... Lined up with. They've got one of the best potent strike forces. They've got some of the best strikers in the world, and he's going to be very, hopefully, very comfortable in that company. Um, Ronaldo's Portugal team's a little less so, but of course, he's never let that affect him in the past. He'll probably try and win the whole thing himself. And then he, one player that Quino forgot to mention, uh, Mo Salah from Egypt, the Liverpool guy who was the best player in the Premier League, after his little shoulder injury, he now looks good. He's going to be playing for Egypt. Mm-hmm. Egypt, in the same group as Russia and Uruguay, would fancy themselves to qualify out of that group. And who knows what's going to happen. Again, a great footballer that you can sit back and enjoy. Plus, it's great fun. If you're in the pub watching these games, and there's a nice set of fans from... I remember we uh, the Euros... Years ago, we went in. There was no Albania was playing. We're like, Yeah, well, there'll be no one in here. There was about 50 Albanians singing the entire game when the game was wow. on. It was brilliant. Wow.
1: Hey, when you say Russia is the worst team to ever automatically qualify to, to, yes. you know, to host, yes, how where are they in the world rankings? Are they outside the top fifty? Do we have any idea just how bad they I are? I think
4: they're thirty second in the world. Okay, so it's
2: not total disaster. <clears throat> I could be wrong. Exactly. I'm not great on stats. Well, let's put it this way: if they're thirty second, there are thirty two teams in the world. Cup. Sure. <laughs> Who are your official picks?
1: Who's going to give us your picks to win, and then give us a couple maybe dark horse countries that could surprise somewhere further down the ranking? Brazil or Germany? Dark horse: Uruguay.
4: Okay. Brazil or Germany, Dark Horse, uh, Croatia. Mm, Okay. If they get it together. And Belgium's pretty, pretty strong as well. Uh, And here's the other little thing that's great fun when you have friends from other countries. I know it's tough for Americans, but some of us get out there. Uh, Quinn, for example, with our French friend uh, are getting up at 5 a.m. on Saturday, I believe, and they're going to have champagne, Caviar and the
2: Australian staple, which is, of course, what, Veggie Vegemite. There is one 5am game in the <laughs> entire yeah. tournament and it's Australia versus France. Which means it's on at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Australia and they never get a chance is to watch British games China? at that time. Uh, Sadly, I doubt it. And even if they did, you couldn't get a drink.
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's a tragedy, my friend. That's a tragedy of our times.
1: The Crafty Rogues, if you haven't subscribed to their podcast, you can find it anywhere you would download podcasts. But 1500ESPN.com is a good place to find it. And you can follow these guys on social media. Thanks for coming in. See you, boys. Good. All right. uh, Mackie and Judd from the
0: TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. Happy. Outstanding. Happy. On 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more Mackie and Judd, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Lakeview Pharmacy, now
3: offering a low-cost alternative to Viagra. Go to lakeviewpharmacy.com to learn more.
1: Thank you, Dave, Mackie, and Judd. Crafty Rogues, that was that was a lot of fun. Those guys, uh, if you can't tell, one's from Northern Ireland, the other one, Quino, is from Australia and... They just goof around and talk soccer and all kinds of stuff every week on the Crafty Rogues podcast, 1500ESPN.com. The Vikings sent out, was it a release yesterday? They're ditching classic ticket stubs, printed tickets. And I don't know how many other teams have done this around professional sports, but obviously it's the direction that everything's headed in, where we're getting rid of paper and waste and we're...
5: And the Twins and Wolves have done it, Correct. The Wolves went to, because the Wolves did it a few years back. And then I think the Twins this year have basically gone. I mean, you could still get a ticket, but I think they, for their season tickets, have gone to the same yeah. system.
1: I feel like it was for baseball, it'd be even more of a problem. I'm trying to imagine my dad, who has a flip phone that he barely uses. I'm like, how would my dad go into a. Yeah, I'm with him. Are you?
5: But you have a smartphone. No, I know, but I want a ticket. Like, well, one of the biggest thrills about having tickets and especially if if you've got the season package to me was the day that they show up and you get all, all your tickets. It's really fun. And now it's like, yeah, just scan it in. I, I get this is where it's going and it's not going to stop. But I, I saved ticket stubs for years and years. And especially when they, they would have, like, a player on them or something sure. special. So, yeah, I miss tickets.
1: I like tickets. Uh, I, I do tend to, I guess I'm not going to be super nostalgic over it, although I do save most of my ticket stubs for concerts and sporting events. Unless it's just like a, you know, if I go to a go for a basketball game against Purdue and they get smoked, okay, I'm probably not going to save that one. But, you know, I've got Cal Ripken's 3,000th hit. I've got that ticket stub. Eric Milton's no-hitter. I've got that ticket stub. Sure, that's pretty cool. Um, a bunch of, well, I was going to say, I, I, I save, like, press passes from big games, too. Like, Adrian Peterson broke this single-game rushing record. I saved my media pass from that game uh-huh. and, and a program from that game. So not having the artifact, whether it's a... A ticket stub or something else? Yeah, there's definitely a nostalgic factor there for sure. Dave, do you save ticket stubs at all? No, I don't. I'm not nostalgic like that. You just throw them right away? I throw everything away that I possibly can.
5: (laughs) I'm not surprised by that.
3: Yeah. But I'm with Phil. I'm, I'm, I'm with you that I would rather have a ticket to get into the game then have to use it in my phone because there's nothing worse than somebody who has four different tickets on their phone and they don't have the brightness level set to the correct setting so they yeah. can't scan That's a and thing, then they yeah. have to go into their uh, utility menu and figure out that and then, oh, well, then we got to get to the next ticket. Okay, then we got to get to the next ticket and, oh, there's one more thing to can get his the next ticket. My God, let's go here.
5: That strikes me as a team problem. Like, if, if it has to be a certain way, if you have, no, no matter how bright your phone is or not, it should scan. Like, to me... Get your system so that it is as easy for a consumer, for me, as possible. Like, I shouldn't have to have my phone at a certain level of brightness for it to scan. The team should make it as simple as possible if if they're going to switch. I guess I've never experienced the phone brightness problem. I've,
1: I've seen that be the issue, yes. Wow. That would annoy me greatly. Actually, one of my biggest fears in life is, and now that we're talking about this, I wouldn't have thought about it, but when I'm at an airport... And i don't have the I do the printed boarding pass, yeah always because i've i've there's been a couple of times where I've gotten up or I've seen other people and you get up to the um you know and it won't scan like you're mm-hmm. in the security t s a line <laughs> and and you don't exactly have time to go back and like print out a ticket and then get back in line, so my fear of missing a flight or being late as far as a game goes when there's not really fear of being late, i think it would just i think it would just be that something goes wrong or you can't access the <laughs> app or your there's your no phone
3: decides to automatically yeah. update five
1: minutes before you get to the gate. Yeah. yeah. You're, your phone, you run out exactly. of battery or something you're out and about and you're
5: that would annoy me. You know, so there are no different end.
1: things. Like if you have the paper ticket now, apparently you can still, if you request
5: it, you can request the paper ticket still at us bank stadium. Is that accurate? That's what I, yes. Yeah. But I just, as an old timer myself, I guess now there's certain things I, I enjoy. I enjoy newspapers. I enjoy tickets being torn. I'm I'm with you at, at an airport. It would never occur to me not to print out a boarding pass. There's just some things I like to have my hands physically on. Yeah, the boarding pass thing, it's really convenient. If you're not checking a bag
1: and you have the electronic boarding pass, you can walk into the airport and just go right to the TSA line. You don't have to worry about the first line, and waiting behind people for a half hour or go to one of those little kiosks, which takes 15 minutes to figure out, like, how to enter all the information. So it's definitely more convenient to not have the paper trail. But there are some things, and I'm a new school guy. I'm not, I don't read newspapers. Like, I go to com, And even I feel a little bit, I don't know, like, I kind of, what if you're at a big game and something happens or... Or a team, or God forbid, a Minnesota team wins a championship I always have my and, you, phone. and you want to keep a ticket stub from that game and it doesn't have, exist.
5: I always have my phone you, from that game. Do you take a screenshot of the code on your phone
1: and then print
5: it off I and laminate like, it or something? I like I ticket know. stubs. I just think that it's nice to have it. And, and is it really that big a deal? Like, is, is it really that big a deal for a team to... Still print it's tickets. Probably a lot of.
1: I mean, it's cost. It's cost, and it's envir- They're trying to be environmentally friendly, and I'm not that concerned
5: about the environment myself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just not that concerned about it. No, you're not going to be along long enough for this. To is actually really care. that sounds meat. It's actually true. No, it is true. There are some things. I'm like, I'm just going to be dead, so it's not that big a deal well, to you me.
1: Guys are such upstanding citizens. Really, really noble Americans. I recycle.
5: I recycle. Okay. I mean, I do Plus, my global part. Global warming
1: is fake anyway. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred.
5: Global warming and Donald Trump coming up in the next hour.
1: Uh, is questions ready for an appearance out of the bullpen here?
3: <laughs> yes, and we'll break down the story in the paper today about Antarctica is melting faster than we ever thought. Yeah.
1: 651-646. <laughs> no,
3: oh,
0: that's fake. Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. We'll be back in the game before you know it. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. <laughs> Bill Mackey.
1: you called him the little guy. I don't know why you have to pick on his physical appearance. Huh? I don't. He's a good-looking guy.
0: Judd Zolgad, grumpy sob. Mm-hmm. He's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves him. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Now on Mackie and John
3: Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance
1: Alright, Dave Harrigan's got some questions We're still monitoring Russia, Saudi Arabia Hmm, funny, Russia's up 2-0 with Vladimir Putin in the house I think we've upped it to 3 now 3 now? Yeah, Yeah, we just put one in the net Interesting Watch Russia win the World Cup inexplicably like, beat Brazil 5 nothing in the final. <laughs> Officials just falling all over themselves. Miracle on turf.
3: Putin on the pitch as the striker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. the opposing team's goalie rips off his face and it's Putin, like, face-off. It's my favorite thing every year. It's like the Russian
3: All-Stars hockey game and Putin joins him and scores ten goals. <laughs>
5: yeah, it's always shocking, <laughs> isn't it?
3: The goalie's just, how did it get past me? I, I don't, don't know. know. But I get to live. <laughs> Great shot. <laughs> nit, nit. So we've seen what's going on at Shinnecock today, boys. We are now down to two players under par one guaranteed to be there at least tomorrow. Scott Piercy is done for the day, 69. So he has made the cut probably, too, unless he goes 90 tomorrow. Which is possible. Mm-hmm. It could happen. Ian Poulter is also one under. He is through 15 on the day, so three more to go for him. We don't even have any golfers at even par. Everybody else is one over or above, wow. including, let's let's find out who's losing the tournament. Ooh, Scott Gregory. He finished at a tidy 22 oh, over. Congratulations. Geez. A 92. Rory's That's cut it back down to single digits Mike. over par. He's nine over, which is great. Good for him through uh, 14. Question is, the afternoon tea times are coming up. Tiger Woods is a part of that. Yeah. Finish this sentence. Tiger Woods, round one, U.S. Open 2018, will end with blank.
1: Oh, I let Phil go first here. Uh, it will end with Tiger grinding out what is it a par 72 course, seventy two course 70, 70. will grind out a plus four seventy four, and if you would if you would have told me that a few days ago without knowing just how windy it was going to be I would have said ooh, that's not the uh, yeah that doesn't seem like a good score but I think if you were to if you were to grind out a plus four seventy four today it would put Tiger Nation all of us diehard Tiger fans who've stuck with him through thick and thin through 15 juggled relationships and some some pills that we're dosed on.
5: Yes. Ember's waitresses. It would put
1: us in a great chance to capitalize on all of the fading guys at the top of the leaderboard this weekend. That would be nice. I don't think he That'd train nice wrecks today. I
5: think he grinds it today. Uh, supposed to get windier, correct? Is that what we were told? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I um, as uh, not part of Tiger Nation, I'm going to say that he goes 9 over par. <laughs> he finishes the day. Sorry, intern Max. I know that disappoints you greatly. Uh, tiger goes uh, Tiger goes nine over, and uh, it's the beginning of the end. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, at some point in time during his round on Friday, the back starts to act up a little bit, wow. and that's just going to be it for him. This is not going to are So you're, you're calling a Tiger withdrawal. I'm, <laughs> saying, I'm saying there's a very good chance of a WD. Wow, look at that. Mr. Paz. But nine over for oh, the wait. day.
1: No, way. Did Mensa ever email the results of that test? I don't believe they did, Max. Last hour or so,
3: they hadn't. No, we. I've yeah, been I checking think, junk. Okay, I've been I checking think,
5: spam. I I've think been they checking did.
3: my regular. I
5: think they did, Max. Yeah, pretty. Communi- I think it's time for communi- you. Oh, you know, now you're going to be golfing oh, all weekend. Oh, that, what, <sighs> we're not passing judgment if you basically failed it miserably. So why don't you just tell us what really happened?
1: I was very confident in that test. I would have been very proud to show you my IQ score.
3: It would have been great. No, no, you're the one who exclaimed "bleep me," and that
1: bleep
0: was the big one. <laughs> and I appreciated that.
1: Well, Dave's the one who pointed me onto that website. Like, I mean, that wasn't the nicest website in the world. Oh, so it was it like a GeoCities website <laughs> from the mid 90s? It, it didn't look, it didn't look clean. Digitalfire.com? It didn't look clean. I probably got viruses on my laptop now. Pornhub <laughs> slash. I was going to say, just because you thought was that was fine. Yeah, yeah, right.
5: This is the old excuse. <laughs> I wasn't watching porn. It was the Mensa website <laughs> oh, that got me. Age old. How, how did Age this happen? Old. This is a travesty. <laughs> My computer doesn't work anymore.
3: 3 runs given up yesterday. 1 run on June 8th, 1 run on June 3rd, 1 on May 31st, 1 on May 29th. A couple starts there, are a couple relief appearances in there where he allowed 0 runs. I'm talking about Addison Reed. It was ugly yesterday. Actually, he had four runs, but it was 3 earned in a loss to the Tigers. How much would you blame a Twins fan right now for saying I'm done with Addison Reed?
5: A lot. I mean, he's struggled and has not been uh, great, but I still like him. And ultimately, if this bullpen is going to be successful, he's a key part. So I think I think to say I'm done with him because of a string of uh, not-so-great outings. And by the way, just to put it in context, he had been used quite a bit, so there's a good chance he's tired as well. I would blame a Twins fan a lot. I would say if you are blaming him, you're not seeing the big picture of what's wrong with this team.
3: The ERA has jumped, by the way, from two three six to three seven eight. Yeah, it's not yesterday. great, but I'm yeah,
5: he's also failing.
1: like he's relative when they signed him relative to most of the other Twins relievers. He looked like a lights out closer type. He's a really good setup guy. He's not. I don't even know if he's a top two tier reliever. He's just a he's a he's a good solid. Gets some strikeouts. And he's gonna go through some rough stretches. Um I mean, he's been pretty bad lately, so I think it's okay to say he's been pretty bad lately, but I would still take him over the course of the contract that he signed, unless there's some hidden injury that we don't know about. I mean, Fernando Rodney was a disaster in April, both of the last two years, and he bounced back. Um like blaming Addison Reed for not that anyone's doing this, but if you're if you're looking at the twins saying Addison Reed is like the reason When you've got a center fielder who can't stay on the field or hit a fastball, and you've got a third baseman slash now first baseman DH who weighs 300 pounds and is probably going to get demoted to the minor leagues here pretty soon in his fourth year. There's so many other things. If this is the Titanic, Addison Reed is the trimming on the entrance to the dinner room. Like, okay, he's the 40th thing that you would worry about big picture long term. And he's been bad lately.
3: Nice trim entering that dinner room.
1: I, I saw a Titanic. Yeah, it was very nice. nice. Yeah. The railings going down, too.
3: Mm, yes. Nice. The grand staircase. Yes. FIFA, <laughs> the IOC, the NCAA. You have to choose one of those organizations to manage <laughs> your money in <and> your life. <laughs> oh. Pick one. Oh, man. In fact, Let's do this. Let's make it a. I, let's make it an official ranking coming. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay.
0: Now
1: humans compete. We like rankings.
3: Phil and
0: Judd rank them on fifteen hundred <laughs> ESPN.
3: You're ranking them from basically least to most corrupt, or vice versa. However, you want to go. All right. One, two.
0: Number three.
1: I think FIFA is going to be the one I trust the least because I feel like aren't FIFA executives getting put in jail for lengthy stretches? <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that's happened. Okay. Yeah. I you know, if you're gonna launder, if you're gonna if you're gonna bribe, if you're gonna do shady things, just don't get caught. I feel like FIFA executives have gotten caught more often. So I'm gonna put them number three. Number two. Um you know, the IOC makes a strong case for number one. But the reason why I'm gonna put the NCAA number, <sighs> number one in terms one. of Trustworthiness. They won't let any players access your money. Here's the thing: like, it's a large chunk of money that only a small number of people and entities get get access to. Compared to the, if all of the players involved are stakeholders, and you know some of the assistant coaches who aren't getting paid, what maybe they could be getting paid? If I'm in, if I'm among the people who are making the money. I'm making a lot more money because we're preventing like 90% of the stakeholders from getting any.
5: You'd like to think so. So if
1: I'm on the inside with the NCAA, I want to take advantage of the corrupt nature.
5: So I'm going to put them number one. All right. One, two.
0: Number three.
5: My three for this, the NC2A, because they're sort of like the Keystone cops. And so if I'm going if I'm going to give somebody my my money and say, make this work. I feel like there's a good chance that they're gonna say, well, we'll make it work by adding a bowl game or something. I just feel that there's a keystone cops' incompetence to them. <laughs> the Jud Bowl, live from St. Louis Park, Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Number two.
5: Number two would be the IOC because I think they're corrupt and I think they, they would use muscle and guns to make my cash work for me. But
2: number one
5: FIFA, without a doubt because they would rub people out in a heartbeat to make my cash work. That's actually good. That's the These a good people, way of these about people it. are ruthless. They're mobbed up. They are they have no conscience. They are going to take now now am I going to, to get all my cash back from them? Probably not. But there's a very good chance that I get a payout. I I basically go to them and show them thanks. They've got their uh, their guns and their drugs and all that good stuff. I'm a FIFA guy.
1: I found the story, by the way, about about FIFA here, CNN from 2015. So it might be fake news, but whatever. Federal <laughs> six five one six four six eight two five five. This is what I've always thought too. Uh, federal prosecutors in the United States on Thursday announced criminal charges against
5: 16 FIFA officials. Is that bad? <laughs> who would have made, made your money work for you Alleg-
1: you given it to them? Alleging they were part of a 24-year scheme to enrich themselves while overseeing the world governing body of soccer. I want in.
5: 16 officials arrested. I want oh, in. That's amazing. I want, I want in on FIFA. <laughs> We're all going to get rich. We might be jailed eventually, but I don't care.
3: Um, we all want to get rich or die trying, right? That's
5: exactly, fine. wrong? nothing wrong with that. And I might die, and at my age, I, I'm comfortable with
1: that now. I'm, I'm fine trying with to that. Fly. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, the high, let's see. They're, they're being held in custody pending their ex, extradition uh, from Switzerland. This is from three years ago. Oh, we're
5: going high, to Switzerland.
1: The high-ranking FIFA officials are alleged to have taken the money in return for selling marketing rights in connection with football tournaments in Latin America, as well as World Cup qualifying matches. According to the arrest requests, some of the off some of the offenses were agreed and prepared in the United States. Payments were also processed via U.S. Here is the thing, though: they're going to go to great lengths to twist arms and and to bring in more revenue. Yep. but they don't. They're not good at covering up their tracks. So, you're going to wind up going to jail. You're going to be rich, but you're gonna wind gonna up going rich, to to I'm going to be rich, though.
5: But it, it'll be it'll be fun en route to getting there.
1: Would you rather be rich and, in, time. rich and in jail for like the next 10 years, or relatively poor, like you can get by and you can eat some meals, but at least you're free to go to a bar and watch? Oh, I'll take jail. You'll take jail?
5: It'll be a white-collar crime, too. I'll be playing squash and tennis. Oh, it'll be great. Good meals. I'll <laughs> be getting steak. Squash and tennis sounds like hell for you but I'll be in a community that has the ability to do that. I might not play so that that's a good point. But if I'm in a facility that that you've got people playing squash and tennis it'd be fantastic cuz that would be nice. I'd eat well. I'd probably get wine. You're oh, talking yeah. about the game squash or eating squash? No, I'm talking about the game. Would you rather eat squash or play squash? Oh, eat squash. I like squash. Squash <laughs> good. We'll catch When we product.
1: come back, we're going to put we're going to we're going to get four pictures of vegetables and see if Judd can identify Squash. <laughs> I think I less.
5: can!
0: Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. No! no I got- No! Now! I need it now! Yes! I can't wait! Mackie and Judd! On 1500... Bill Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgat.
5: I just want to drink and watch TV.
0: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. I'm
3: Registration run, is underway for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. Running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds. It's happening in uh, well, on sen- Sunday, October 7th. Easy for me to say. Accomplish a bold feat. Savor the scenic beauty. Stride as two cities cheer you on. Run for charity. Run for fitness. Run to write your personal success story. Run the most revered event in Minnesota running. It's the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. Details at 1500ASPN.com. Keyword events.
1: we're, We're watching the Fox Sports 1 coverage of this U.S. Open. And it's to the point now, this group of Mickelson, Spieth, and McElroy, which is combined, I don't know, 20 over par. And and Spieth hits his tee shot here at the seventh hole. They played the back nine first, so they're actually winding up their round. And immediately as he makes contact, like slumps the shoulders, like drops the club. <laughs> Short of the green. Let's go home. Just (laughs) Uh, withdraw now. Let's throw it to Dave Harrigan, who has a U.S. Open leaderboard update. Speaking of that group, Rory turning it
3: on. He's on fire. He's now up to 8 over par. Oh. So that's good. He
1: was 10 over. Yeah, he's really
3: improved. Uh, Spieth, Mickelson, they're both at 6 over. Uh, They are through 15, as you mentioned, on the day. Uh, we're still looking out. Oh, excuse me. We have now three guys oh, once again back way, way under par. Scott Jeez. Piercy, he's in the clubhouse at one under a 69 for the day. Ian Poulter's through 16 at one under. And they have been joined through the first hole of play. Brian Gay uh, opened with a birdie. So he is at one under. Uh, a few more players have jumped in at even par that have just started their round. But uh as far as guys that have uh, completed a round or are near that, you've got Justin Rose, one over. Oh, boy, a lot of names I don't recognize that certainly won't be around for a while. Yeah, Zach Johnson, Patrick Reed, two over. Mark Leishman, the Johnson, same. Man. Yeah, Aaron Badley, three God. over. It's uh, it's carnage, as you've mentioned. It is carnage out there.
1: So, I think the strategy here for Tiger is to leave the driver in the bag as much as he can. Just hit those little stinger irons twice. right down the middle. All
5: right, So so you said Tiger's going to go plus four, and I said plus nine. Yes, right. that is correct. Uh, the, the last time that this tournament was won over par was 2013. Justin Rose, actually, um, at Marion Golf Club, won over. And in 2012, Webb Simpson with the same score at the Olympic Club in San Francisco. Uh, but I found the back-to-back years in which it got really ugly. 2006, Jeff Ogilvy uh, at Wingfoot, five over. Oof. And the, the next year, Angel Cabrera Oakmount Country Club in Pennsylvania, same score. Five over? Five over. over. Do
1: you have the rest of the
5: leaderboards? Um, No, I don't. Okay. Just what what they they won uh, by, so I don't have the rest. Tiger was, in 2005, Michael Campbell won the tournament at Pinehurst Resort at uh, Even, and Tiger was back of Two strokes, okay. In second place, have it is fun.
3: I have to feel the USGA was very happy to see it playing hard so far, considering last year. Yeah, Kepka sixteen Kapka. under. Yes, sixteen under the Hills. U.S.
5: Open. That's that's not right. That's embarrassing for for them. Actually, that's re- that's way too much. I'm trying to find this this other. Oh, here it is. There's another one. And this, this was
1: the I got into golf in the mid '90s, watching Tiger Woods when he was an amateur, and Corey Pavin and Fred Couples and. I remember the Steve Jones and Tom Lehman showdown in one of those U.S. Opens in, like, 1996 or something. But the first tournament I can remember thinking, holy cow, these guys, this is ridiculous, where the winning score was just absurdly over par was the 1999 British Open. That's the one where Jean Vandervelde had a (laughs) five-stroke lead going into the last round and a three-stroke lead going into the final hole. Yep. And... The winning score, or at least the playoff score, was plus six. Plus six got you to a playoff. Wow. Plus seven was a tie for fourth. And a tie for tenth was plus eleven in that tournament. Tiger Woods was tied for seventh at plus ten. So once in a while, you get these conditions where it's windy and there's knee-high grass all over the place. The it makes one it more fun to watch.
5: The one you're talking about, '96, Steve Jones at Oakland Hills Country Club. Yes, he was two under, and Lehman and Davis Love III were both one stroke back at him. It's funny how
1: guys this like that fine. pop up, or like a Steve Jones will pop up, or or some of the names you read. Jeff Ogilvie win yep. a major, and what, there's another guy you said too. Brooks Koepka won the won the U.S. Open last year, and you think, oh, this is a name to watch. Michael and Campbell. then they just never do anything. In else. 2005. Michael Campbell, Michael yeah. Campbell, Sean McKeel won a major one time. Paul Laurie is the guy who won this 1999 British Open, and I don't think he did. He was, a, I guess he he might have done okay on the European Tour. He won a, he won a few tournaments on the European Tour, but that's a guy that you thought, oh man, we're gonna have to. This is gonna be a name to, <laughs> to watch, watch. Right, Paul, Paul Laurie. Laurie and he pops up in the other majors, and he yeah, Year, <laughs> that was it. years and years of dominance by Paul Laurie. In fact, his uh, that was the last time he ever finished. Top ten in a major the rest of his career. Yeah, it <laughs> These guys pop up like that. Um, yeah, I think this is a great sports viewing day today because we get we're flipping around here. You got World Cup if you're into just the opening day of the World Cup. The U.S. Open is on. Unlike the Masters where it starts at two o'clock and it goes till six or something, it's been on all morning and it's gonna be on all afternoon. And then we get a Twins game at noon too, which we have a lineup for here if you want it. Yes, I do. Uh, now I just scroll down on my feed, but Miguel Sano is not in the lineup. We can confirm that. Uh, I don't know if I don't this, it feels like this could be why don't you sit today and then we'll send you down to AAA, kind of a thing because I don't know what else they're supposed to do with the guy and Joe he now can't make contact. I, I
5: I think Paul announced uh, this morning that Joe is going to rejoin the team on Friday in Cleveland. So that is your roster move potentially. So no to
1: the minors yes. and or it's at least your potential roster move. I mean, Robbie Grossman has not been doing anything of substance for this team. So leading off playing second base, Brian Dozier, Lance Lynn's on the mound. Eddie Rosario DHing today, batting second. Eduardo Escobar playing third, batting third. Logan Morrison at first. Max Kepler in right. Robbie Grossman in left. <laughs> Say a prayer. Yeah. Jake Cave in center field. Mitch Garver behind the plate. Say another prayer. And, There's uh, a pass Adrianza ball. Adrianza
5: is playing shortstop today. Lomo. That's a lineup right there, man. Lomo right now. 191. What's Sano at? 203. Two more strikeouts last night, too. Yikes. 0 um, oh for 4, two strikeouts.
1: On-air production meeting here. Matthew Collar is finished up with practice. Let's let's get a hold of Matthew when we come back and get a little update from Vikings minicamp. Have they already practiced today? Yes, yeah, they, they have. Done. It was so, a short practice, okay. apparently, because they have a team barbecue. Oh,
5: followed by a fun barbecue.
1: Yeah. No one get burned. All right. So Kirk Cousins was a total disaster. Get the
5: lighter fluid, Kirk. Get rid of the lighter fluid. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, Kirk Cousins was a disaster yesterday, according to everyone in attendance. Let's uh, We'll try and track down Matthew Collard when we come back here. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And Roy Smalley will join the show at 12.15. Don't go anywhere.
0: More Mackie and Judd coming up next. You know what they need? Tweaks. Tweaks. Some tweaks. Tweaks. On 1500 ESPN.